And again, it doesn't always feel like a bunch of stuff is happening or going on, but um, I mean, who wouldn't want to enter into the rest of God, you know, and, and enjoy <laughs> that? Yeah, that's great. In the world, in the world that we have, the word, the amount of stress we're under, and to just have some time for just for you. I mean, and that may sound selfish, but just for you to connect with the one who loves us the most and and knows what we need, even if it's almost like getting a an infusion. You know, you're just you just sit there and allow it to happen without um, an agenda and without trying to pray for anything or anybody. It's it's really about being with God. Welcome to the Kindling Fire. My name is Troy Mangum. God is preaching a sermon to the world through people's lives. People's experience, history, and testimonies all point to some amazing attribute of God that you too can experience. I interview revolutionaries, fire starters, and troublemakers. This podcast is here to be a voice of encouragement in your life. A voice that says, with God you can, and with God you will step into the abundant life. So let's get rolling. So today on The Kindling Fire, you guys are in for a treat. Um, So I have a friend of mine named Tom Benner on the show. Thank you, Tom, for coming on. Thank you for inviting me. So Tom and I uh, know each other through Zoe Ministries, and there's many folks that have been on the podcast through Zoe Ministries, and um, and so he has, I have learned a lot from Tom. Tom is one of the speakers at the Heart of a Warrior Retreats, and he is a deep well. He's a deep well. And um, today we're going to be talking about some really exciting topics, but... Um, but before that, let's uh, just to get to know you a little bit, Tom, uh, why don't you tell everybody just a little bit more about yourself? Uh, I am a business owner, started out in 1980 as a stonemason, a, a, a learning, um, learning the journey of that craft, sort of as a one man show and was, had just recently married my wife, Pat, who had four kids at the time. And so it was a bit of a leap of faith to say the least, uh, but love doesn't calculate stuff. It just jumps. <laughs> That's sort of how we got together. And, um, and through the years, we've, we've uh, trained guys, taught guys, developed uh, the business over the years. And now I'm kind of in the transition out. And uh, one of my sons, my youngest son, is uh, he's now pretty much the tip of the sphere of the company. And I get to just be in the back office administration and that type of thing. So it's really good. I mean, I don't have to just culture if you quit, you know, but I can still be involved and yet have a lot more freedom. So and that has given me the opportunity to be involved with um, Zoe Ministries, which is my primary place of sharing my faith and heart and my journey. Um, and friendship with those guys has been just transform- transformational for me, actually. The just friendships that we've developed and the kind of the way we've gone after healing of our stuff, you know, from the past. And mm-hmm. um, we all have some, <clears throat> and it's really great to have people that are willing to do that with you. And, um, and it's borne tremendous fruit in terms of freedom from my heart, my ability to connect with people more freely, you know, I was kind of shut down a little bit socially just because of some of the stuff in my story. But anyway, um, 
just here I am. And, and so we're going to talk a little bit about some things that have been hugely helpful to me, particularly, and this is one of the key ingredients for healing is um, really experiencing God's love mm. and, and believing, believing that I'm loved by him. And part of my story with my dad growing up and he, you know, he had his story, but still there, there wasn't a lot of um, impartation of value and worth and identity into me. So that was some, one of the things actually I was searching in the world for until I met Christ and discovered that that's really the true source of that and had a very cataclysmic encounter with Jesus at a, oddly, a, an Amway rally Sunday morning Christian service that uh, God really started working on me the night before. And it's a long story. Really don't want to go into it completely here because I want to move on to the other topic of the day. But it took me from a person who was um, probably the last possible candidate to be a Christian. You know, it sort of firmly set in my heart that this is not for me to one that just jumped in with both feet because of the, the uh, power of the encounter. It was just undeniable that I had met God, you know, and, and I was, I was being taught, this is, this is who Jesus is. This is, and, and this is, you can live in this and you can grow in this more and more. So that went on and I jumped into church and did that very faithfully. Um, got into church leadership, was a chairman of the school board. Uh, we had a Christian school and uh, fast forward 25 years. I just, I came to this point where I just felt like there's something missing. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not feeling the love that I started with. Somehow mm. I've been, I've lost my first love. You could, you could put it that way. And so um, we got introduced to a couple of things where God was really on the move. There were, there were some locations in, in the U S where one was in Brownsville, Florida, where there was this, move of God that was just very, very out of the, out of the ordinary and things were happening there. So I went there with my wife and we got radically impacted and a whole new excitement about our faith. Um, but it was really more of a legalistic kind of um, culture. So, it did, you know, it wasn't, I don't think the ultimate um, source of, of growth for us. But what then happened is we got introduced to another one, which was in Toronto at this church that was in an airport hangar. I think it's called Toronto airport church. And they were doing this process of um, uh, the father's love, which was what I needed. I needed to know that, you know, I needed experience in that. So we went to a couple of conferences, but then one of the things they taught in that, um, environment was this thing called soaking soaking in god's presence marinate marinating in his love resting you know rather than out there striving and serving and struggling to um fight with your sin issues if you want to use it that way or your your brokenness the idea was you know being with god has a very very profound effect on changing some of the things that are driving our behaviors. So I was just so fascinated with this. And I was up there and um, they, they, they 
put you in this process and someone will come and pray over you and speak, you know, words. Um, maybe the father loves you or, I mean, whatever they're led to do. But this guy laid his hand on my chest and it just, I just, I just felt this crazy experience of energy and life flowing. And so um, that got my attention. And when I came home, I got, I started just waking up at four o'clock in the morning and I'd go out and I'd get in this lounger that we had on our, in our rec room, put a blanket on, put on a headset with worship music. And I would just, just let God love me for an hour at a time. I mean, sometimes two hours and just, it was, um, it took three years of that to really convince me how much God loved me. I don't know why it took me because I just needed, my tank was so empty. I just needed it to be filled up, but I had all kinds of crazy experiences. And part of that, which I think Troy and I want to um, introduce is this idea of the sacredness of our imagination rather than it's just being a problem. Because I think many of us have been taught that, you know, your imagination is what gets you in trouble, but actually it's a tool God has given us to experience other realms. I mean, we, we can't see the, the heavenly realms with our natural eyes, but we can with our imagination. And so one of the things that they taught us was, and it was very helpful, is, you know, your heart is going to go where it wants to go if you let it. So I would just get in this environment and put myself there, and then my heart would want to create imagery of, like there were times when I would be in this golden meadow of tall grass, you know, running with Jesus, you know, and playing and he'd put me up on his shoulders and we'd laugh and we'd run around. This is where my mind and heart really wanted um, to go. And, you know, some people would say, well, oh, you're just making that up. But I think what happens is if, if we will open and allow our hearts to take us in and then let the spirit of God go from there. And then he just kind of takes you, I mean, to some really wonderful places. Mm. Um, and that would just happen for me. Uh, my sister, I introduced her to it and she would, and she had some similar father experience. She would, she said for months and months, she would just, it was like she was a, infant in the father's arms and they would just be looking into each other's eyes and that was her that was where her imagination went and that's what she needed and that's what so, really so let me yeah let me ask this uh so you're you know one of the things that i i maybe mentioned in in inviting you on is i have very few friends who spend extended period of time with god like on an intentional basis. Right. Um, and it could be life circumstances. Both you and I are mm-hmm. older and, you know, we don't have, you know, five-year-olds running around and breaking uh, yeah. and all this other stuff. Um, that, that may be a, a part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the question I have is, man, there's just so much goodness here, but let's, let's just start with this practical piece. Okay. When you talk about it, right, you know, soaking, you know, what is it? Is it you sitting still? Is it how long does it take? Are you listening yeah. to music? 
you know, just some practical things around that. Okay. Yes, you're sitting still, at least the form that I've been doing. In fact, um, and this, this is a little contrary to what you would be taught in, in, in the whole me Christian meditation realm, because then they would probably tell you more to sit straight up and, and be, um, be, care be, be concerned about falling asleep or something like that. Whereas soaking is like, it's okay if you fall asleep. It's about rest. It's about resting in God. And, you know, today we get so little of that. We are, we are um, pushed so hard to get things done, meet a bunch of obligations, people's needs, family, work. Um, and it seems to be getting more and more intense. You know, there's just very few people have time for their their own to cultivate rest and peace you know it's like um the scripture talks about this you know and and you know to be still and know that i'm god well being still is something we do so little of it's it's actually um until we develop a taste for it and a capacity for it it can be really hard. I mean, you know, we just, we're very antsy. We're just, some of us are just, we just want to get up and get moving. You know, we want to get on with our day. We want to start thinking about what's coming and what we need to be doing and to learn to be able to capture that part of us that wants to go there and just bring it back to, Lord, it's me and you. I'm here. I'm giving you this time. For me, my best time is early in the morning. I'm at my best. You know, you get me at seven, eight, nine o'clock at night. I'm pretty well spent in terms of energy and capacity to pay attention and really be present. But in the morning, I can, I can give 100% of my attention to what I'm doing. And that's when I realized that if, that if I could do that, if I could give that to God, and start my day that way and be fed spiritually just by being near, just by being uh, loved and feeling that, then I'm, I'm going to have a much better day. So the, the position I was in is, is laying down in a lounger, you know, with, and I would put on a headset um, and listen to two kinds of music. One has lyrics. Um, Laura Woodley, she, her stuff, is a mixture of prayers and, and songs, which you can just kind of ride along with their content and let your heart go into agreement with it. And then, and then if you can imagine with your inner eyes, you know, a scene that's going with that and, and add color to it, it, it just enhances the whole thing. And then the other is just instrumental music, soft, I like very gentle, soft. I love piano music. There's stuff on Pandora. Um, Paul, Paul Cardall has some great stuff. There's um, really, you know, mu music isn't isn't hard to find if you and find what you like, and it just adds something to it that um, I found to be extremely helpful. Yeah, sitting I there just quiet with nothing is is another form. It's another practice, really, which we could talk about, but. The soaking, usually there's some kind of ambiance going on to it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, um, I think it's an accurate statement. 
that we have more faith in our activity than with God in our inactivity. Yeah. Uh, because a lot of, um, uh, a lot of the pushback I've had through the years for prayer is what am I doing? Like, is God even answer? Like, this is such a waste of time, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm not getting a whole lot of answers to prayer. I'm supposed to do it. I'm going to do it. I'll read the Bible. That was okay. And it's sort of like you get this sort of like, but I can get stuff done over here. Like I can just maybe kind of check the God box and we're good. Right. We good. Okay. Now I can go and do things. Right. And, and, and that has been my MO and of late the Lord has like stripped my whole world down to very simple terms. And one of my, absolute greatest joys is to sit with God. And I will sit with God on a practical level, two hours, easily, without effort, with a full joy of heart, not anxious to do something else. It may even take an hour for me just to settle down. Yeah. Just to settle my mind, settle my heart, and just to be with God. Uh, just to get in a position where I could potentially even receive. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And, um, and that's why sometimes we do need to allocate more time because we are restless. And for that to, to settle into that is, is a process. It really is. I know um, I was so formed within my faith through a lot of my exposure in church that you know, God's, God's wanting me to do something. God's wanting me to um, accomplish things for the kingdom, build the kingdom, help him build the kingdom. And it's almost like um, a good way of looking at it is, you know, it's like God wants us to come and sit up on his lap and just be with him. And like, like any grandfather would want their grandchild or even a father with their kids. You just want to be close and want them near and and want them to just rest and relax rather than just, Hey, watch this doing somersaults and all these little tricks and stuff to try to impress, you know, God's not impressed with, I mean, what do we have to impress God with, you know, other than our trust, our desire to be near and to be um, healed, let his, let him do what he loves to do. I mean, to me, salvation and healing are are synonymous. You know, the idea of simply being saved from a horrible outcome when you die is wonderful. I mean, you know, depending on your paradigm, that's that's a wonderful thing. But we're going to be here a while on this planet. You know, we've we've been given this life, and we've been given these different ways of seeing that are unique to us and bringing parts of God to the world and um, to to be willing to absorb, to soak in God and and absorb his affirmation and his, you know, his wanting to just rearrange a few things in us that that are the backstory and the driver's of, of some of our behaviors, our restlessness and our addictions. And our, I mean, wouldn't it be great to 
be able to just rest and relax in God rather than have to constantly be reaching for things to fill up our time or ease the pain or medicate, you know, and we've all done it and we all do do it probably more than we, than we wish we did. But I think this, this idea of soaking in God's presence is, I think one of the biggest elements of healing by far. I mean, yes, breaking agreements with things you believe that aren't true, all that's really important too. But I really think that the mother load comes when God can just get near to us and we can give ourselves over to him and he can start working on the, on the deep heart. So does it look like for you sitting, we've talked about that, some kind of ambient music, let's just take the non guided version, right? So this would be no words. And um, in that state, are you, what are you doing? Are you doing nothing? Are you letting go? Are you uh, like, yeah, I'm trying to like kind of dig in. Okay, yeah, that's a great idea. Because if you do, if you, if you, if you allow it, your mind's going to race everywhere. Right. It just does that. It, it's, it's constantly talking. It's constantly distracting. So that's probably the biggest battle we're going to have is letting go of that. So you are having to let go of all the chatter and continually, it's almost like a corralling your attention back to what it is you're doing and what it is you're, you're wanting, what your intention is. So if your intention is to be with God and, and, and our minds and this chatter keep pulling us away out to something else, a great skill set to learn, you know, and this is what contemplative prayer is, it's, it's just learning to draw your attention back to being with God. Um, but what I, what, what would happen to me is, I, you know, say, say it's just soft music. I would, I would imagine um, what would come up would be, um, I mean, crazy stuff. Honestly, I would be, I, there would be times when I would be figure skating. This is, you know, just, and doing all this really wonderful, beautiful stuff as kind of a form of worship to God. Not that I was trying to earn anything, but just just a, my mind would go there. Or there were times with piano music, I felt like Jesus was playing the piano and it was the, the keys were going up and down my spine, you know. There, I mean, it's all different for everyone, you know, but to allow your imagination to engage with God and of course, Jesus, we'd have sort of an image of what he might have looked like. So it's it's a little easier to do that than with the Father. Because um, most of our images of God the Father are probably formed in ways, you know, that, that are not very accurate. I mean, and yeah. I don't know what it would look like. But um, to just, I mean, really to just, to play and enjoy time with God, time with Jesus. Um, and again, it's just a matter of, you know, your heart kind of takes over. Yeah. It's just, it's just a, a wonderful thing. I think it's led by yeah. the Holy Spirit too. Yeah, man, it sounds wonderful, actually. Uh, what about the voice of God? Where Where is that in the mix of all this? You know, it, I don't, I haven't really experienced 
God's voice in that setting a lot. It's been more visual. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I mean, that's a whole other discussion, hearing God's voice, because mostly for me, it's just, it comes through a thought or an impression, or you just know something, you know, you just mm-hmm. get it. It doesn't even, you don't even know why you know that. Um, but um, probably the voice of God is, is is a little misleading for a lot of people because you think you're going to hear this, you know, audible or very clear, distinct. But even scripture says it's a still small voice. It's very faint or not, not something that's just going to grab your attention. It's almost like we have to just be quiet, you know, and, and listen. And it usually comes through an insight or an understanding, or you get something, you, you connect, some dots get connected. Why this is like that? Why am I this way? Or, or memories. That's another one that sometimes will come up that um, that have been buried. And because of the amount of rest we're in, you know, the, some of the defenses of holding those things in these sort of cordoned off areas of our heart can start to come up. Mm. And, you know, I mean, you, you can find yourself just weeping, just but not sadness, just um, being overwhelmed, you know, by the nearness of God. Most people that you talk to that have had powerful experiences with God, it brings you to tears. It's, it's just probably the most common response that, mm-hmm. I've, that I've had when I know God has, um, when I know he's near. That's what happened to me on that um, before I got uh, invited into the kingdom and accepted Christ was I was overwhelmed by a talk this guy gave the night before about coming home. He was one of the successful uh, people in that business and super, super good looking guy, very successful athlete, came home, got shot in the head by a robber, paralyzed through half of his body. And he was telling this story and somehow God used that to just shake me to my core. I mean, it was, it was like, it was almost like, son, do you really think you've got control. Do you really think you can control your life? And it just shook me. I mean, and then I went back to our hotel room and just literally started weeping, you know, (laughs) with no, no, no way to connect what was going on, you know, but I, so I went out and I walked and I walked and came, came back to the hotel about two in the morning. And I knew they were going to have a church service, which we weren't going to go to. And I told my wife she was waiting up waiting i said i i, I want to go to that service oh is this when you ca- got saved yeah and i oh, said i want to go so again she said no 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 no. We're not. i said yeah I'm, i have to go i, I really want to go and she said well i'm going too but i don't want there to be separation same thing when they did the altar call um i started to get up and she said you're not going to, you're not going down there are you i said yeah i am i Come on, let's go. So she went with me, and we uh-huh. both came in the kingdom that day, and never looked back. I mean, it was a just a, you can't explain stuff like that, you know. Yeah. But that's the kind of stuff that happens 
God's nearness can transform us, take something that we have lived under or a habit or a way, a paradigm for life, and just completely rearrange it for good. And that's, yeah. What what would you say, based on your experience, um, is the how? So think of like recent, you know, last couple of years, Mm -hmm. with your time alone with God. Um, how has the Lord gone after your heart or how has the Lord given you revelation? And you talked a lot about your imagination. So I assume that in these experiences with God, Mm -hmm. um, he is, there's a a experience. You have a joint experience. God is, you know, and I'm sure there's messages that way. Are there other ways that he's kind of come for you or? Well, I'm trying to think, I mean, a lot of it, I mean, you know, the, what, what I was experiencing in soaking would be, would go into the category of a spiritual consolation. You know, it's almost like um, we need that, especially in the beginning, we really need that to believe that God's really with us and that, mm-hmm. that he's resident in us. But a lot of the contemplative practices um, are not, there aren't, it's not about so much those kinds of consolations as it is about a deep um, peace and rest from all the clamor that goes on in, in our minds, you know. And so Christian meditation, you know, in some circles it may get a bad rap because people don't understand um, that it's, it's really about trying to develop the habit of letting go of of thoughts you know I, I've, I was telling somebody the other day that you know uh when we do our conferences one of the first questions we ask on the first night is what are the odds that you interpreted your life correctly <laughs> you know what i mean such a great question <laughs> it's like zero i mean if you really think about it we think we know what's going on we think we know someone's motives we think that you know, we know what we know what we should do. We know um, the best course of action, and yet Scripture is very clear. You know, no, don't lean on your own understanding. You know, in everything, you know, let God guide your steps. Bring it to Him. And so, um, the contemplative process. Um, is training ourselves not to rely and trust our minds so much, our, our opinions, our judgments, our assessments of what's happening. And clarity can really come, you know, when, when that clutter gets out of the way and all of a sudden, boom, you just know whether it's, hey, I just remember that. Um, yeah. You know, clarity can come because it's not you're not being hijacked by your own mind. We call it the false self. It's this pattern part of us that's um, that's been formed and it's, it's it's very defensive and it's very its whole job is to try to protect us. So it's telling us stuff that you think that it thinks is going to help us, but quite often it's not accurate and it can cause us to act in ways that are not very Christ-like. So. That's the other part of it is working with that part of ourselves and learning to, 
um, not listen to it by just taking your attention off of it. I mean, if, if, if my mind is going crazy about something, somebody offended me about, did something and, and it, I know we've all been there, you know, something happens and you just, that voice will not shut up and it keeps talking about it or making assessments or judgments and learning, learning to have the ability to, to let that go, you know, again and again and again, that's what, that's what some of this practice is about. And coming back to my intention is to be quiet and just be with God because God doesn't even have to speak. I think it was John of the cross said, you know, um, God's first language was silence. You know, God speaks in silence, probably more than, you know, words or thoughts. And I know that doesn't make sense to our minds, but, you know, we intuit things, we know things, we get things quite often through other faculties. And that's part of what the heart is. The heart's an organ of perception. It's a way of, I mean, you know how it is. You walk into a room and you can feel people. Mm-hmm. You can feel the guy that's sitting over there and he's disconnected and would really love it if somebody came up and talked to him or engaged. And that kind of sensitivity, we do have those faculties that are just not in play a lot. Mm-hmm. But we don't pay as much attention to them. So um, that, I, I want to ask this question. I know it's, it's practical, but I want to ask it. Okay. Um, how, 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 long do you spend time with God and how often? Well, well it, it really varies some because sometimes I do it. Um, I mean, the, a practice of most, most of the contemplative practices, they talk about 20 minutes, you know, is, a, is to do that kind of practice. 20 minutes is, is you'll, you'll be surprised uh, how hard it is to even get a minute of silence. <laughs> Yeah. But that's my, that, that's my main thing that I do. Um, I, I don't do the soaking as much now because I do that. And then I also, I love reading. There's, there are a lot of things that, that I'm very curious about in scripture and how to, how to look at scripture and to, you know, so I, I, I try to let God speak to me through that as well. Um, so yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I usually give a couple hours a morning to God, and at least twenty of it, twenty to thirty of it, is in kind of silent participation, and the rest of it is um, maybe writing things down that are coming, or you know, just um, finding ways to disengage from the world, you know, which is pretty oppressive and pretty, pretty in our face all the time. Let me ask you this, and we're about to wrap up here. Is is um, you know, some of what I've experienced in this way of praying is, and I want to say it this way, and people might get offended or take issue with it, but it's deconstruction of uh, it's like a deconstruction of who I am uh, with God, to where I get down to this very base level. Like it's extremely base. It's like childhood. It's like lack of desire, which sounds very Buddhist, but I don't mean it to be. Um, it's it's a very base existence with God, and then from that, it's like a it's like a blank whiteboard 
Mm-hmm. What, what, do you, what do you want to write? What do you want to write on the board, God? What, what are we, where are we going today, God? Um, yeah. and, and I don't, I've told somebody recently, and I don't know if it's good or bad. It's just an observation. The level at which I do not pray for myself at this stage is crazy. Mm-hmm. I pray for the people I love. I, I let go of a lot of things that are creating lots of anxiety and issues with me. And then I just kind of like all the other stuff, you know, God, what, what, are we, what do you know? So what I just described to you is kind of my experience, but I just, can you resonate any with that? Or does that make any sense to you? Well, yeah, because I think we do have to clear the, clear the deck of, of all that we think about who we are and what we're supposed to be doing and and really allow god space and time and that's and again it doesn't always feel like a bunch of stuff is happening or going on but um i mean who wouldn't want to enter into the rest of god you know and, and enjoy <laughs> that yeah that's great in the world in the world that we have the word the amount of stress we're under and especially in the last few years um People, it's traumatic for many. I mean, there's many people that are dealing with quite a bit of trauma from the fear of COVID to wearing a mask to not being able to socialize to having all your, having your wedding canceled or not being able to have it or graduations or all those things. And to just have some time for just for you. I mean, and that may sound selfish, but just for you to connect with the one who loves us the most and and knows what we need, even if it's almost like getting a an infusion. You know, you're just you just sit there and allow it to happen without um, an agenda and without trying to pray for anything or anybody. It's it's really about being with God, and I think that's one of the hopes of my life right now is I can live my life throughout the day with God more and more so that I'm not just going off and getting disconnected and doing my thing. And then, Oh yeah, I forgot. You know, I actually have this beautiful relationship with the father who cares and wants to guide me. And I'm not even asking any questions. I'm not even, I'm not even engaged. I've been, I've just been completely mm-hmm. under this spell of the world for eight hours. And now I'm home and I realized, wow, that was crazy. Because we do, we live like that, and I want to live connected, and I think we all do. This idea of union with Christ in us, with us, having the mind of Christ—that's a full, that's a different life than than, um, yeah. What's what's happening for most people in the world today? Yeah, I I know you're a fan of uh, Graham Cook and yeah. uh, the whole idea of moving from rest. What you're talking about is kind of like you live from rest. It's like that you're you're in a state of rest with God, and then from that you move, you go out from there. Yeah. Um, it's and hopefully a, come back to it multiple times when you yeah. leave it, because we do we get jerked around. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> well, Tom, I tell you what, what a treat, man! Thank you so much for sharing a little bit of your relationship with God yeah. and and sure. what it looks like and feels like, and I just it sounds fun. 
<laughs> Thank you for the invitation. I, I enjoyed being with you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. I am doing a YouTube channel, so we do video formats of these podcasts, and we'd love to have you look there. Okay, guys, until next time, be awesome.